Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. It's Nick Hayes from Media Stable here, Lana Hill. Hello, hello. Nick Hayes. How are you? Did I jump the head of it there? Yeah, just a, just a tad. Sorry. And and be careful because we are in front of a professional podcaster here. <laughs> we are. He does it Maybe on a regular I got basis. Nervous. He's got 94, 95 episodes down there. He's wow. got a few more than us. Wow, we. Hats I off. Tell you what. We what, could what, learn a thing or two. Under a bit of pressure. <laughs> hey, um, do you own your own property? No, I, I have done, you but have I done? do do not currently. You do not currently. Yeah. Well, we do have a property specialist here in front of us. In fact, he is the man behind a strategic planning. Well, hang on. Hang on what, do we, what do we call it there? Strategic property group. There you go, Trent. There's our... Uh, <laughs> we don't... We don't uh, Can they say know your talent? We don't cut or edit anything. We don't cut or edit anything. It is a yeah. thing. <laughs> well, no, it was just because the Zoom the Zoom thing came up on my... <laughs> I, lost all my I lost all my data. Um but I don't really need to do that because I know you pretty well already. Hey, mm. welcome, Trent. Trent Fleskins. How are you? Um, I'm I'm good. It's been actually been a, as a, it's been a morning of podcasting on on my side. We've had some uh, property management experts, some uh, some sales agents down from Spearwood and Hamilton Hill talking about uh, you know those areas and that that sub market there. So yeah, I'm the host normally, so it's a bit strange to be the one being interviewed. Now it is called the Perth Property Show. It's all a concentration on Perth. How are you seeing the state of play for property? You know, we're talking Perth. We are from Perth, of course. How do you see it playing out? I have a pretty privileged position uh, at Strategic Property Group and as a buyer's agent because generally when you're a selling agent, you're stuck being an expert in a very small market. Yep. To be good as a selling agent, you really have to be really down in the micro. As a buyer's agent, you're you're in the macro. You're looking at the the broader market. You're looking everywhere for opportunities, and you're trying to find out whether it's a good idea in general to buy a property. Now, I believe that it's been a good idea for the last two and a bit years, uh, depending on what your time horizon is as to how quickly you want to make profit and how. Uh, but the market in Perth has has really been an interesting one that's followed a couple of. Uh, key tenants. One, it's been following down affordability. We're the most affordable state in the uh, country. We make the most money outside of Canberra mm. and we have the cheapest houses, which that's, is nuts, right? That's a, good, is that a, that's a good position to be in, isn't well, it's it? Well, it's a pretty comfortable position to be in in terms of disposable income, especially when interest rates are lower than they've ever been in, in Australia's history. But is, is, but is that, is that, is that uh, salary, look at, look at salaries, is that because it's bumped up because of the mining industry? I guess so, but they're real people. Yeah, you of know, course they are. They live in Western Australia and they so, make up a lot of families. But they're a select group of people. There's yep. obviously those that we still need to support the mining industry that don't make nearly that kind of money. That's very true. I think you could say the same thing for industries in the East Coast who have the gas industry, mm-hmm. who are big in you know big money finance on uh, in, in Sydney as well. So And even the construction industry in Melbourne, a lot of people make a lot of money there. Mm. So I think there's, there's always going to be cities that have uh, outliers in terms of higher and lower incomes and where and why. But as a, as a broad spectrum, Western Australia makes more money than most. Uh, and we have the cheapest properties. That's not the point, though. The point is uh, we have a chronic undersupply of properties in the inner suburbs of Perth. Yep. If you look, think about your smart rider, I think we still have smart riders in Perth. 
uh, you know, you've zone one, two, and maybe zone three yeah. of this of that sort of ring. Your first twenty k's, massive undersupply, and that's shown by the fact we have one point six percent vacancy rates now in Perth, uh, which is below natural level is three percent. Three years ago it was seven and a half percent. Yeah, we're now at one point six percent. The boom was two and a half. Yeah. So we're it's below incredible. that. So it's chronically undersupplied in in the inner suburbs, and um, when you come to even just undersupply of of properties to buy, we have forty uh, percent less properties available than a year ago, mm. and and we have fifty percent higher transactions than a year ago. So more properties are being transacted on less properties available. So for every three properties that get bought, only two new ones are coming on the market. Well, welcome to the Experts Podcast Property Show. My name is Nick Hayes, and uh, we're talking everything property. No, we're not talking everything property. We're talking everything media, and that generally, uh, that's a very, very good insight. I think I get a sense that Trent knows what he's talking about, Lana. Well, media loves a stat. Media loves a stat, and to be able to talk about, I was just, I'm a massive statistics nerd, even though I was terrible at maths, uh, am terrible at maths, but I love a statistic. Also English. Yes. (laughs) Well, sometimes. Um, but I'm fascinated Ooh. by what you're saying. Perth is the most affordable. I had to, it's something I want to dig into. I'm not. Sh- it's. I. I think in the current climate, I guess you could look at those statistics and say it's something really positive happening in the Perth property mm. market. But I mean, affordability is pretty bad all over Australia. Yeah, I would have thought. Think about Bizarro Lana Hill, who lives in Sydney, right? She makes. The same, I used to. Right. She makes the same amount of money, maybe slightly less, because because Sydney people generally make a little less. Her living costs are way higher. She's trying to save. She's renting. She's trying to save to buy a house, and the house prices are nearly double. How are you saving your twenty percent in Sydney? The big sort of house of cards thing that's going to happen in Sydney and here is there's no way Bizarro Lana Hill has been saving three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars before she was you know thirty to buy these houses. True. Where's the money coming from? Bank of Mum and Dad. Mm. All these young people have bought properties where their parents have securitized it based on their parents' increase in value on their properties. Yep. All the values are going to come down. People who aren't, you know, don't have their job or lose their job and have to sell. House of cards. It all, and then with rental vacancy rates being massive, investors start pulling out, oversupply, no more extra demand coming in. Uh, the, the Sydney and Melbourne market sort of starts to fall apart pretty quick in my view. Like it, Trent. Like it. Now let's talk about you and your media. <laughs> Because you've got a you've got a bit of a persona about you. You've got a bit of a serious feel and look about you. I think you 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 take that with pride. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Have you warmed to media? Which is your favourite medium? Radio, television, print. That was an expiration of air and a very yeah. serious. <laughs> uh, the the easiest one where I'm most relaxed relaxed is radio. Uh, I've spent a bit of time every month. I'm in with Chris Ilsley on Six PR, mm. and it's like chat with my uncle. It's really easy. It's really fun. Uncle I can, Chris. I can see him. <laughs> old Uncle Chris. We're having a chin wag. It's pretty relaxed. Just like we are now. It's very relaxed. My, my legs folded over my over my knee. Um, you're, where about, I th- you're about to order daiquiri right I'm now, looking aren't you? For, I'm waiting for someone to come in the studio, actually. <laughs> a daiquiri? Tropical. Nothing on with strawberry daiquiri, <laughs> line. I, No, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> well, it was going to be pina colada. But I'll I'd... organize it next time, Trent. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to TV, uh, you know, I think um, I'll probably – Maybe 20 or so times I've been you know, doing something on TV and my heart still races every time. The last three or four times, I think I've been much more relaxed personally. Uh, I found it easier, more natural. Uh, but there's still nothing like the, um, you know, you can f- I can feel my heart pumping out of my chest as I mm. sit in a black room by myself with a screen on me and an earpiece in waiting for 
Louise Momba or Tracy Vaux or something like that to pop up on the screen and start talking to me like it's a Skype that's got <laughs> but the difference is it you know you only have one shot you can't mumble it's live you know, it's live and you've got two minutes to get in what i'm you know you can probably hear already have a lot of things to say four or five <laughs> minutes of things to say in and it's it's not easy it's not is it and you know look is it do you find it because it's maybe in your personality and your traits there that you you want to develop you don't want to short fire a, a response back you want to be able to give it a well i want to add value approach I want to make an impact. There's no point in being on TV or radio or print and just being essentially an advertisement for yourself. What's the point? What impact? Uh, people, yeah, but some, of, some will some will say that it is a good advertisement, not just for themselves but for their brand as well. I'm not. I'm not here for the. Uh, at the end, of the, a lot of people who are in property. They're in it to make money, and yeah. don't get me wrong. I like making money. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when I'm 60, I learned very early in my career, my early 20s, that your income once you know, your income has there's no correlation between the income you make or an increase in income you make and your happiness and fulfillment. When I'm 60, I'd love to be revered as, you know, a John Hughes sort of person who everyone understands made a very good living for himself, did very well, but would knows that bloke would do, you've heard lots of stories about how that guy has done a lot of good things for a lot of people. He didn't, didn't have to and took his shirt off for a lot of people. And I'd like to be able to have that impact where I, I impact the industry of property that way because there are a lot of shysters, spruikers, cowboys and, and unscrupulous people in the building and property industry. Where, so that, hey, go on. Where did that come from, yeah. Trent? Because that that's fascinating. Is it, is it your background? Is it your, where, how you were brought up? Is that what drives you? Uh, I came from a very, very modest family. Parents were divorced when I was nine. No money, still not much money in, in the family with the parents. And I had this chip on my shoulder that for me to be happy, I had to make a lot of money. Because yeah. I, oh. I went to a, I got a scholarship to go to a private school, and all the rest of the boys look very comfortable. Their families look like the Brady Bunch, and everyone was happy. And I thought it must be the money because that's what I don't have. Yeah. Um. So I chased that very young. I was making way more than I expected to in my early twenties in oil and gas, in strategy and negotiation, and realized that I was, you know, from when I was eighteen making twenty eight grand a year to when I was twenty three making one hundred eighty grand a year as a as a strict. Who who thinks they're gonna make that much 23. when they're twenty three? I was I was no happier. At all. And I, so I, I was very lucky to have learned a lesson very young that most people take to sort of their 40 when it's too late, right, to learn mm-hmm. that lesson because they've got kids and responsibilities, to learn that lesson that there is no correlation between my fulfillment and the amount of money I make. It's all well and good for me to make money, but there has to be a different avenue for that. So uh, I took a couple of years off uh, and one very insightful conversation, actually it's a, there's a TED talk I watched and I n- never... I never watch TED Talks. I'm not that sort of person who really reads many books even. But this, it was five ways to know your path in life. Some wow. wank, like, wank like that. Right? <laughs> You're allowed to say the word wank. Yeah, yeah, you are. I hope yep. so. Yeah. I, I don't remember the other four things. But the third thing was, what's the one thing that you, you do that you're good at, that people around you uh, know you for, that you can offer value back to them doing? And ever since I was 19, I just had this knack and, and um, interest in developing property. I've just been doing it. And... From you know, just from working very young, I had the money. The banking system was a lot easier back then to get in, mm. and I, st- I did my first development when I was nineteen, and and just had the the you know the um the bug you know, and so I came. I, I started my own business in my mid twenties around that, and uh, again, there's no correlation. I'm not X amount of times happier than I was because of any money. It's just, it's the fact that I can instead of doing two or three property developments a year, which a lot of people say, why don't you just do that? We get to do like 40 or 50 developments for mum yeah. and dads and we actually help make you know, change their lives and not to sell anything, but we, 
you know, when you have get to a end of a debrief meeting and you've made a 33-year-old with two kids and a wife 200 grand in a year and a half, mm. wow. that's fulfilment for that's me. That's a game changer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Lana, that, that's just, just refreshingly, refreshingly good. I mean, I, I like that because if you were looking at the property market and you're looking at the real estate market, you'd have to say there just seems to be what's in it for me, what dollar can I make and, I mean, you could have gone down that different path, Trent. It's just refreshing to hear. Oh, totally. I've got to say, I'm I'm kind of blown away at the moment because I've seen you doing your – and you're very polished on TV, Trent, and, you know, I heard the, the regular segment that you've got with, with Chris. Um, to hear that sort of mongrel in your voice and you, you're really very clearly mm. trying to kind of set the record straight and, and almost achieve a sense of justice in your industry, like that's – yeah, it's powerful. Is that, is that what you're trying to it's do? So, it, I, have a, I probably have a very high sense of social justice. My dad's yeah. a, a well, very well-respected police officer right oh. my mum's a nurse so uh, I've, I've you know I, my parents would come home and I'd hear the stories of this person being you know a domestic violence issue or or this this you know theft or something like that and you just think uh, I want to be able to make I want to get to the end of my career and have been known to have made a difference otherwise what was the point mm. that's awesome so uh, good well, it's good this is the one thing I'm good at it's one thing, <laughs> you know. You what? You weren't There's good at. Probably str- other things. You weren't good at strategy back in the day, uh, earning 180k. Well, well the, I guess this. <laughs> it was you know, a lot of people um, look back on their career and think, oh, you know, I did this, I did this, and did this, and that's how I got here. For me, I didn't really plan any of it. You know, I just worked really hard to get into an industry where I was quite adept at consulting, and then I moved into commercial and advi- um, commercial anal- analysis in uh, gold, mm. and then strategic advising in, in oil and gas, and all those, you know, the strategy, the negotiation, you know, helping work on billion-dollar gas deals when I was in my early 20s. You start to understand how to deal with people and how to mm. negotiate with really hard people, and you understand money and, and, and all of that analysis, and I just I never wanted to be a real estate agent because I didn't want to be that slimy bloke. I, I really didn't <laughs> want to be seen as that guy. But are I, they all slimy? No, mo- the good ones. The ones who, there, there are two hundred suburbs in Perth. There's a number one agent for you know for all of them. The, I would say that ninety percent, eighty to ninety percent of the top agents they're at the top because they're good people. They work hard and they care. Yeah. And then there's probably a small percentage that are slime balls and they don't last very long. Yeah, no, very good, very good. Um, talk to us a little bit about print and what print media means to you because mm. I think you've done radio, you've done TV, you've done some print and my understanding, particularly in the property and in the real estate game, print is sort of the holy grail. It's where people really learn, read, digest and take mm. in. Is that your space? Is that where you like to work? Uh, it's the it's the medium that took me the longest to get a foothold in. I don't even think I have a foothold in. I'm just sort of stepping my toe in the water at the moment, getting having people give me a crack. Mm. Uh, I've been published a couple of times in the West now and in business news and some online media, uh, print, I guess you could say. Uh, it's definitely the hardest to get into because there's the least amount of space for it. Um, mm. And you're up against journalists who, who that's their job. They have to justify their job, I assume, by writing mm. things. And when I present an article to them, um, it's taking up their space. So, uh, had said that though, said that though, good journalists also too, and, and particularly from an opinion editorial uh, end, they want to really get hold of good content from those that are good writers. I think it's about finding the good ones though. Yeah, but I, but my, <laughs> my my challenge there for you, and I and I want to ask you this, is that because also too, it's a highly advertorial space. Exactly. Well. Yeah. It's the competition. It's the competition. So how do you go up against? Because I dare say your 
you've got to compete against those that have got big pockets. I ain't paying for it. I'm here, to, as I said, I'm here to make a difference, not to sell my brand. I think the, you know, the, <laughs> the work we do sells itself. Mm. So I'm not paying the West or something like that for for space. No. Um, not I don't plan to. If 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 I have something to offer and it's good enough to take up, you know, uh, 600 words of space in the middle of the West of the West, then or whichever newspaper it is, then um, it was worth it. Was, you know, they see, saw value in that. Mm. Uh, but I'm not about to to have a sponsored post or anything like that. I love that, Lana. I love that because it's it is your content should really be what actually gets you in there, not because you've got uh, advertorial support or to do that. And I think that's probably where your struggle there too, Trent, yeah, is that you're competing, you're competing against people that are well. To be frank want to pay for it than yeah. have to actually earn it. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's a message for everyone out there because it's like produce great content. Your content itself should be enough to get the media engagement that you're looking for. Yeah, it should. And using your Bizarro analogy <laughs> before Trent, which I, wanna, I quite like. By the way, I want to meet Bizarro Lana. She's great. <laughs> she sounds she sounds like fun. She's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, so but using that using that analogy though, it's sort of an upside down universe because your your industry is one or the property industry is one that, you know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of media, but they're all paying for it. Mm. Your point of difference is that you're not paying for it, never which have, never is will. harder to harder to do, as you said, but more credible and you know none of us really like being sold to that much when it's that obvious that's the whole point of a consulting business though is that the i think the best way to sell is to not sell is to anti-sell is to add so much value to the point where your possible client could nearly do it themselves but they decide that because you've demonstrated how much value you can offer they don't trust themselves to do it anymore and they probably don't think that they can compete with you so they go you know what i'll just pay you I'll just pay you, you do it, and that's this is my way of de-risking my own strategy is by is by paying you as a consultant to, to do the work that I would like to do. Because uh, it's not rocket science. Inve- anyone can buy a property, anyone can invest in property. You can, you know, if you figure it out and uh, you know, just like I did when I was nineteen, you can develop property at certain levels. So it's not rocket science, but there are so many nuances in the property industry that even if it might make sense, you can make something look good on an envelope. It, it's uh, it's so much more than that. It's it's so much more about socioeconomics, socio-demographics, timing, uh, and just general market analysis. So, can I ask a question, Trent? For the because something we hear a lot is that the younger generation, you know, won't be property mm. owners. That you know, there's going to be this huge trend of people renting because they want to do other things. I mean, we can't travel at the moment, but it is. I think for first home buyers, can be very very tough. Is that something that you agree with, or or not? I think it's a Serious fact, I think, uh, unless you're in a stable job earning six figures and you don't uh, prioritise holidays, going to the pub, buying extra, you know, buying consumer goods, which I think is a, is a, is a it's the stark difference in our generation is we spend so much more money on living, if yeah, that makes sense, right? Absolutely. At the expense of investing in assets. So, you know, my parents bought property, in, their first property together was in Forestfield in 1977. Uh, interest rates, you know, were going up, uh, 87, sorry, interest was going up. They were massive, they were in the 18% at that mm. point, but they didn't have anything to do. They, they couldn't afford to take a flight to Europe because it was like, you know, three, four thousand dollars back then, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they couldn't spend their money and, and you, you just go down to the, you know, Mandra, that was your holiday and it was okay. You didn't feel bad about that. So, there's a lot less you could spend on, I think, back then and now we're so global, we can buy so many things so quickly. People, you know, they don't, I don't think they value home ownership like they used to and then they complain about it and then they get sold down the river by a house and land scheme 
stuff with you know building companies and land it's a big stitch up by the way I could spend another hour talking about that well let, I just want to tap into and they're that stuffed. because it is it is something that you're very vocal about it's been the topic of many of the the, the messages and the content that you put out house and land packages mm-hmm. sort of out on the outskirts of town just in in 60 seconds yeah. I know that's that <laughs> and they're not on the outskirts I must well, interject no, no when I say outskirts I mean we talk we've we've all heard the term urban sprawl we've all all heard that you know the it gets getting further and wider out. They're popping up in inner city Perth, New case. They are? Okay. Yep. Just give it, Trent, in 60 seconds, what's your issue there? Because it's those house and land packages, mm-hmm. um, very attractive to the younger buyer, yep. very attractive to the first home buyer. What's your issue there? The reason they're attractive is because they're the path of least resistance for on a financing basis. So if you don't have your 20% or even your 10% and you've got maybe less than $30,000, which is the vast majority of people that get into house and land packages, sure. um, that's your only option. And it's a pretty easy option, especially when you're getting all these grants and free money, right? Um, so the only way that this whole system is set up that uh, you go to a, a builder, ask him, I want to buy a house, like as if you're buying a car, right? Because most people don't understand. They, they think it's a product. It's not. Um, they then go, where can I, where can I buy my land? You know, where I'm going to put this house? And the builders in, in, in bed with the land developer out in the middle of nowhere. And they say, oh, well, you can go to Bold Ivis or Hilbert or Hillman or Averley, <laughs> places you've never been before. Al- North Alkmos, Yanship, right? You used to go on a holiday in Yanship 15 years ago. And <laughs> Mate, I'm originally from Victoria. These all sound like places in the Northern Territory. Well, they, they could be. They're that far away, right? And, uh, you know, yes, you can buy it. You've got $5,000. You'll stitch you up with a loan. Uh, that's 1.5% higher in interest rate at a place called Keystart, which is a government... Um, sponsored lender uh, and you'll have your home. In that situation, you'll have a $440,000 loan, for example, with a house that costs you to build and land of four hundred and fifty. dollars Established market, the house next door can't sell for three hundred and fifty dollars because it's so oversupplied. Mm. Uh, you've just been stitched up not only with an interest rate 1.5% higher than anyone else on your street or in other suburbs maybe, uh, or not in your situation, and you're now negative $100,000 equity. You can't refinance. You cannot leave unless you get go bankrupt. You are stuffed for life. Wow. There you go. There's a message Borderline for criminal, really? I don't know why when more people aren't about talking it. about it. Yeah. Well, you can see it. He's, I think he's, he's angry. He's angry. <laughs> but I think, I think Imagine I starting your investment life. Imagine if your first purchase, you were $100,000 down in equity. Mm. You'd never build, buy again. You don't recover from it, you do can't. you? You just not that you wouldn't buy again. You just wouldn't you be couldn't. in a position to. You yeah. would never be able to. I think. So. It, yeah. Look, I I like it. You know what I do love more than anything, the though, passion. Trent. Thank you very much, Lana Hill. <laughs> the passion. And I think there's a message to all experts out there. You know, you love what you do. You're passionate about what you do. Deliver it like that. And I think that is perfect. Trent, you do a podcast. We we mentioned it at the start of the show. Um, how are you going with it? Do you like it? Do you enjoy doing it? Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a good one. You know how when you start a new job and you're all sort of uppity about, oh, you know, what's your plan, your PD plan or your networking plan? Like, I'm going to meet a new person every week. And for the first couple of weeks, you have coffee with people in the <laughs> office and you, it sort of falls away. It's not a priority anymore because you've got work, mm. right? Well, the cool thing about the, po- the podcast is it never started as something to make money. We still don't make money on it. So there's no advertising. We don't charge not, not anyone to of, be on it. Not right? the kind of money we make on this. <laughs> exactly right. It's no media stable Cheapest. money. Look, the money's actually falling out of the rafters. <laughs> I don't know if that's money. I think that might be other things. <laughs> Watch out for it. Uh, but what it's done is it's forced me every week to make an, make an effort to meet a new 
person who's doing well in the industry. Yep. Uh, and it's actually led to a lot of great relationships and a lot of meeting the most successful agents in Perth who then know we're looking to buy off of them, who have us on me on their phone, who might also use some of our other services in our business. Uh, and uh, as much as it's a bit of a pain in the ass because I still edit a lot of my own content because unlike this one, I... I uh, but where it's you know it's it's probably entertaining to hear some of the missteps in in what we're saying and the laughs and all <laughs> that. The pod, the Perth Property Show is 100% about content and information yeah. and I cut that thing up to make it so concise that you never waste a second more than you should. So I might spend 2 3 hours on a weekend every weekend for the last 90 weekends wow. editing my episodes. Jeez. So it's a bit of a drain. I, I think he's given us a bit of a backhand oh slap there, Lana. Yeah, I mean, I don't apologise for my. Uh... Yeah. No, I think this is this is it, there's, there's two ways to have a podcast. You have informative entertainment, which is like this, and then I, I've really pitched the Perth Property Show to just be a hundred percent information. Yeah, no spin, no sales, and again, it's because I don't want to have any any sort of thought process that we're anything like any of the spruikers out on the east coast. Yeah, do you want to name some of those brokers? Uh, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> what do they say? Good, any any uh, coverage is good coverage or whatever? Yeah, yeah. All right. Don't give them any more publicity. <laughs> Don't give them no any oxygen. more. No oxygen. Yeah. Look, at, look at, I, I love the fact that you do it, the, the podcast. And to your point, it was a really good one is that, you know, it gives you that opportunity to engage someone else in the industry, make a connection, build some relationship there with them and give them something a little bit different because the, the old cup of coffee, let's go, can I, can I come and pick your brain? Oh my god! You know that's just that that I've had enough of. Mm. Get him in for a podcast. Well, I have something, something to offer him now. Correct. You know? Yeah. So, what have you seen, Trent, as a result of doing media? Obviously, you've done the podcast for ages, which I think is a great training ground for yep. media. What what kind of results have you seen? Uh, I think interesting one. Like I had a client uh, come in from UAE who saw me on TV. Wow! I don't know how. But uh, that was interesting. Uh, but more so, it's it's not just Facebook, mate. It's Facebook. <laughs> I tell you what, because I tell the no, internet, no, the interwebs. <laughs> they they if any good content that you get, and you're a prolific content provider, and you you've had quite a lot of interviews. But every time you do put it up on the website, every time you do put it up on your Facebook page or anything like that, or if well, that, others see it through their Facebook pages, that's right. it's incredibly valuable. Uh, I think the. Uh, the benefit from it, I think, is more just that vouching, that validation that, you know, even if you go and, um, you know, look for new clients or you put value out there, there's still, especially in the property industry, there's, there's still a lot of skepticism about how rigid edge I am and how rigid edge our business is. Right. Uh, so being able to be on media gives me more uh, avenues to demonstrate that I know what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, or, you know, they can decide whether they, you know, whether I do or don't, but it gives me the chance to say that because it is, again, it's, it can be, in, you know, tough to push across a, a sales pitch in that first meeting because everyone's got their, their fence up, their wall up, right? So if they've already come having heard me on radio or, or read me in the paper or seen me on TV, it's possible that they'll come with a much more open sort of stance on, uh, I want to be a part of whatever, whatever he's, he's managing or whatever this company is doing rather than, I'll suss him out. We'll see. They've already sussed me out. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the benefit. from other people in the industry? No, no. Just from possible clients who have never done a development before or, ah. you know, they've been mm. burnt before because they've gone and done a house and land package in Baldivis with their super and their knackered. You know, we have, I've got clients that have come to me in, you know, a situation where they're, they're one's a retired war vet. The other one's working at, at Woolworths in 58 
So he's 60, she's 58. They bought a, an apartment in Coburn Central with their super, which is worth 150 grand less now than it was. Mm. It's a horrible idea. And they got stitched up with two house and land packages in Bold Divers for 440 grand six years ago. They're now worth 320. So they've lost all their savings except they had their family home. Before they came to me, they decided, they, fa- they, they I guess they'd be watching me, they decided to sell their family home before they even came to me and said, Trent, here's our last $250,000. Help us. Wow. Yeah. How'd you go with it? Uh, we're just about to finish. We'll make them about 160 grand. Gee, there you go. So that's a bre- bit of breathing space. But again, it's 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 a process. Had they come to you earlier, had they even spoken to you earlier, what would your advice been? Well, obviously, the worst, don't buy the worst investment opportunity in Perth, which unfortunately, in Australia, which unfortunately is the most prevalent because it's backed up by the most sales and the most med- marketing money, is a house and land package anywhere. Right. Wow. Anywhere. You will lose money. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Full it, stop. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where most of the marketing is because it comes from the big companies, the big builders, the big land developers. They've got the hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to spend on on making, you know, the beautiful pictures and the kitchens and the display homes to make you feel and make you buy these things as if they're a product, as if they're a car. Right? Uh, and and unfortunately, a house, the biggest investment you make might be half a million dollars investment. You cannot treat like that. Really good content, Trent. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of your comfort zone because you're a bit yep. of a serious dude. And <laughs> there was a moment on time on TV when yep. everything went dark for you, didn't it? it yeah, I was pretty serious then as well. Yeah. What happened? Well, your your own worst, your own toughest critic, I would imagine. You 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 I was see highly it. embarrassed. Yeah, talk talk us through that. What was that moment like on TV? Because I think there's a little message out to everyone. You know, something some things can go wrong, and particularly when you're doing live TV. It, it, it doesn't always go to plan. Talk us through your little incident. So I was just on a normal sort of regular 4.30 stint with Channel 9 doing a, some piece on property. Uh, and I'm in the, uh, in the black room where, you know, every, all the lights are on you, the camera's on you. You're yep. by yourself. You have no help. No one giving you feedback. All you've got is the screen with Louise Momber on there, right? Yeah. She's talking to you. She asks you a question and you're going through your answer. And then suddenly you look back at – you're looking at the screen – and she is just going maniacal left, right at the people in her room going, I can't hear him making the cut sound, making the pointing left, right and centre. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at this this lady trying to go like, trying to deliver her a sentence whilst she's doing everything other than watching me. And um, I'm, I feel sorry for her. I'm like, how do I help you? But I'm trying to answer a question. We're live on TV. Wow. And when I think back to it, I look back on it, I repeated the same sort of half sentence three times in a row because I was so distracted oh, wow. and eventually sort of just capitulated and then Louise eventually got the, the noise back and just asked the next question. I've finished the, um, you know, we finished the segment. I was, I was livid, absolutely mm. livid. I've walked out of there. I'm literally about to throw a wind, something out the window sort of thing because I just felt so embarrassed on Nash, on state TV, right? Mm. And it took me a few hours and a few days actually to sort of get over the fact that... Um, these things happen. They do. They do. But I think also, too, we, we also can be our, our harshest critics ourselves on what we do. But when those things happen, it is frightful. And to get back and to fight back. But the one thing is, you got back on the horse, mm. uh, you're back on it, and you're killing it, and you're nailing it. Hey, um, how did this podcast uh, add up to, to your standards there, other than the fact I couldn't get your company name out at the beginning? <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> this isn't it, is it? We've got another... No, no mate, this, this is, is it. You've done 31 minutes and a half. Wow, yes. it's gone so quick. It I, does go yeah, quick. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, look, it's, it's, it's fun being on the other side. And it's my. I think it's yeah my first sort of podcast where I've been 
uh, oh, the interviewee. Mate, you love do. that. Well, you've done very well. And, you know, like I say, and I say it with uh, absolute respect, you, you do uh, come across very serious. You do have a very serious approach, but you're also very driven yes. and, and driven in the right way. And, and hats off to you because you you're really nailing it in the media. And you know what? You're making a difference. And the reason I know you're making a difference is because you're getting out there more so than those that have got the deeper pockets and the deeper opportunities. Not a bad one, Lana Hill. Oh, yeah. Could have talked for much longer. Another half hour. I know. Hour. We've got well over time. But we can't. We can't. Trent, <laughs> if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Probably call Strategic Property Group. Goose Google us. I think our number is 6507-8418. But probably the easiest that, that way. Is, that is the correct number. Just get on the website. You know. <laughs> yeah. That is the correct number. It's here in front of me because now my Tell screen's me. telling me what it is. <laughs> no, that you did give me. It was uh, 6507-8418. Hey, um, thanks for coming in, Trent. Uh, and, and thank you for uh, for joining us on the Experts Podcast. If you want to hear a bit more on the Experts Podcast, go to mediastable.com.au. We're all the experts and all the media there. See you next week, Lana Hill. See you then, Nikkei. Thanks very much for joining us, Trent. Cheers. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.